from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And it uh, is Thursday already, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Co-general managers. Number one, the border. The border crisis, the illegal immigration crisis, continues. It has not stopped. Mm. It's just kind of gone out of fashion to talk about temporarily. And our other co-general manager, and I, I say this under protest... I say this merely to poo-poo it. I am lifting it up to strike it down. Okay. Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. All the talk yesterday about uh, her running for president. Gotcha. I am here to silence that talk. Once and for all. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) What? How you doing, everybody? How you doing? Week's almost over. Remember, I'm a finally Friday guy now. Big finish. Remember, I'm a high-five on Friday guy. It's Friday! And then on Monday. Oh, another Monday. Got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> it's me now. I've determined those people are happier than me, so I might as well go with it. Um, There's two borders to be worried about. Obviously, our border, which continues to be a mess, and the border between Russia and Ukraine, which uh, I took in several news stories on today I want to talk about later, because that's, that's a rough one, too. In any moment, that could turn into... You know, 14,000 Ukrainians have died over the last eight years. Yikes. That's significantly more people than we lost in Afghanistan over 20 years. Yeah, that's a shooting war. So for Ukraine and a much smaller country, so as a percentage of the population, it's much larger. So, um, you know, for them, this has been a, a hot war for a long time. Well, and they're dying right over there. I mean, like right on the other side of the interstate, in effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. And uh, I saw some interviews today. Most of those Ukrainian soldiers they're talking to, they're they're ready to fight and die. They're expecting a war at any moment, and they are ready to fight and die for their country. I don't wow. Know if, I don't know if Putin realizes that or, or cares. I also heard another military expert say that we have between 120th and 150th the, the number of NATO troops that it would take to even possibly slow down Putin. And he knows that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not to mention lacking the will to use them anyway. Correct. And then my final note on this, we'll talk, we can talk more about this later, is uh, once again, it got into like the EU and how much of the EU doesn't care or hasn't done anything or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, wait a second. Why, why is the United States bilaterally negotiating with Russia when the freaking countries that can see Russia from their house don't seem to care at all? Yeah, the the EU behaves, the countries of the EU frequently behave as spoiled children. They have had it handed to them for many decades, and uh, just assume it will continue, it being security. So I can certainly understand Americans say, it's not our fight. Well, what are we getting involved in if, if, if friggin' Europe doesn't care? And I can see Russia from my house. That's what I was referencing there. Right. Like, Poland cares because they have a border with Russia. They're ready to put troops on the ground, their own troops. But, like, France and Germany are like, eh, I don't know. Eh. We got our own problems. Yeah, exactly. There's other things. Yeah, the COVID. Have you heard about the yeah, COVID? Have you heard, should we wear masks or not? Let's, let's coronavirus. I'm thinking of locking down again. Oh, by the way, by the way, something. Uh, I almost went with Omicron as our general manager because we need to get it in while it's still relevant. It appears to have peaked 
in New York City and is now plunging, as predicted. Yeah, let's plung- hope that's correct. The pro, the, yeah, and I, and yeah, we we talked about that. That's the most likely thing. That's what's happened everywhere in the country. The problem is almost everywhere listening right now has not had their Omicron peak yet and gets to live through that two weeks of craziness, which is going to be crazy. I mean, it crazy, is to, craziness. It crazy, is, crazy, crazy. It is going to be a mess. You are not going to have enough teachers at your school. You're not going to have enough workers at your restaurant. Your, your businesses aren't going to be open because people yeah, are going to be staying Everything's just going to go sideways for two weeks to a month. I mean, really crazy sideways. Now, watching the news last night, I'm sure they went with the best, most dramatic shots they could possibly find. But the number of empty store shelves oh, yeah. in the parts of the country where the uh, Omicron is sweeted, I mean, it seriously looks like the Soviet Union. It is just Stunning to an American. You got like a bag of chips there in a whole empty aisle. Crazy. Yeah, it depends on where you are, but and so it varies a lot. But it's it's. I'm telling you, that's doing a lot to our psyche. Not just the inflation, just the the shelves are kind of. I mean, they're, they're sad. We've all been to stores. Uh, it reminds me actually when I go vacation in Mexico and the grocery stores would just be kind of kind of sad. You know, they don't have as much stuff and. There's some stuff, but not much. That's what my grocery store looks like now. Sad, sad grocery shelves. <laughs> you know, there is an element of it, though. Not to get all, uh, you know, philosophical on you, but there's an element of, uh-oh. I mean, that a herd of uh, a 375 antelope is now four antelope, and a caveman would be thinking, uh-oh, we eat antelope. You know, it's the unavailability of food and just the whole zombie apocalypse feel of it. You know, where where the hell is the food? What happened? <laughs> or something has obviously gone seriously wrong. Or anything else. Or anything else. The razors and the Nintendos and the whatever store you're at. Just where is everything? I, I don't know how many targets I've been to. Um, uh, I peruse the electronics where my kids are looking at toys because they're right side by side. And the electronics, they got their big display for Apple watches. Yeah have any apple they don't even have a display model let alone apple watches to sell or ipads or nintendo switches or anything else it's just bare shelves we decided to put out an apple and a regular watch <laughs> so people would remember we sell them <laughs> and i'm i'm an american i expect plenty i expect 14 different choices of white bread and eight eight deep of each always exactly if I choose to buy 500 loaves of bread, I expect them to be there at my disposal. My whole life, the idea of they're out of bananas has been just, it just never, ever happened. Whatever right. you wanted, they had some left. My yes. whole life. Good to be an American. I hate capitalism, say all the spoiled little twits in our nation's colleges. <laughs> you love it, you little babies, you you runts, you <laughs> wow. degenerates. You love it. You need it. That All those gadgets you're using. What do you think produced those, you dopes? You child. You child. Degenerate runts. That's a good yes. band name. That is a really good band name. <laughs> uh, we better start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is. How did it get to be Thursday, January the 13th, the year 2022. New you in 22. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Filling your shells with entormation. Here we go. Precisely according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. It's like a Soviet store during uh, 1981. Horrible. Everything. Meat, egg, uh, dairy. Certain breads were out. Most vegetables. It was, it was all fresh items. 
And then you combine that with the not enough help because people got the Omicron and you got the, the managers bagging your, your groceries and you're going to have to wait a little bit. We're shorthanded. You know, please be patient with us for everything. And I am patient because I realize it's not your fault, but everything is like that. It's just crazy. But the good news, if we want to focus on good news, like you said, is it seems to be about a two year or a two week rather run of Omicron wherever you are. And uh, then it's then it goes away. I made the decision. I'm going to put a chicken coop in our spare bedroom. I haven't talked to Judy about this, but I think it's necessary. Can you get chickens even? Are chickens available? Is this for the eggs, or are you going to slaughter them for their meat? Uh, the eggs for now. We'll see how they do. They don't keep up with my demands. Well, then it's meat time. Barbaric! Now that's a threat. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to hang a cleaver next to the hen house in our spare bedroom. I expect an egg. Exactly. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> oh, you scared me a little bit there. That was chilling. With the cleaver hanging next to them. <laughs> it's an interesting approach. How, do, uh, how does mailbag look? Uh, it's, it's coming together. So one thing we got to do this hour is um, uh, take a look at the way the media has changed their tone on Omicron and uh, for the better. Which is really good news. They've woken up to a couple of realities. Uh, the AP a made a couple of years in. Yeah, yeah. hallelujah. It took too long. Joe's into taking gift horses and looking them right in the mush. But I'll punch him in the mush. Um, <laughs> as you're killing your chickens, you Stupid are Stupid horse. I'm rough violent. on livestock. <laughs> you are rough on livestock. Um, uh, AP made an Associated Press made a big announcement about the brigade. They're going to coverage uh, COVID from here on out. So I think this is all really good news. Also, all this stuff's on the way. Text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We forgot to mention the hashtag they're trying to get going. Bear bear shelves Biden. For people who want to point out the bare shelves and blame it on the president. Bare shelves Biden. So, um, Also, we need to get back into the conversation that I started at the end of the show yesterday on how I can't try to be funny around young people anymore. And I'm trying to figure out if, uh, if, if, if it's my age, their age, the culture, something like that. But something happens at a certain point in life where you can't try to joke with young people. Seems to be a thing. Yeah, and we got a fair amount of uh, reaction via text and email and that sort of thing. I thought it was revealing. Yeah, and an angle of it that I hadn't even thought of from young people, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's your oh uh, mailbag coming up in a moment or two. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Oh, man. I thought I had it. I got the wrong sheet of paper. I'm digging the fife and drums, though. Oh, yeah. Come for the fife, stay for the drums. It's making me want to shoot a Brit. How about this from Soren Kierkegaard? This was passed along by Jim, the great uh, thinker. People demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought, which they seldom use. So start thinking, you idiots. (laughs) I don't know what you're supposed to do about that exactly. But uh, hmm. Uh, here's your uh, mailbag. start with this chuck writes guys butcher butcher store local meat market store only sells meat today when i went there all three grades of hamburger were empty yeah no issue says hashtag bare shelves biden 
Agreed. Uh, Kevin Wright's been a fan of the show for over 20 years. We make him faggoty. Friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years, or over 20 years. Been listening religiously, etc. Buy your swag. Recommend your show. Thank you, my friend. So it was a blast to hear from my son today that you started following him on Twitter this afternoon. Oh, okay. I've actually been follow. I've been uh, cleaning out our Twitter followings since at the very beginning when we got on Twitter. Our producer at the time, Scott, uh, thought the etiquette was everybody who follows you, you should follow them. Which... And so I've been going through the account, and we have like a couple of hundred people who have two followers, no followers, one followers, three followers. So I've cleaned it out, and I remember your lad because he went to college at the same place my daughter did. Um, and, uh, and, and I unfollowed him. Then I thought, no, I'm going to go ahead and follow him. So I refollowed him. So that's what happened. Awesome. But anyway, if you have three followers and we were one of them, I have bad news for you. Probably. Ryan from Houston commenting on Sunday night football versus Monday night football. We talked about that briefly. He points out that Sunday night football is on network TV. Monday night football is on cable. Well, I had forgotten that. I just always yeah. check my local listings. I don't know what channel anything is on. Now, but I just wondered why the shift happened uh, in general. But Sunday Night Football is the most successful TV show in the history of television now. It's been number one for 11 years in a row, doubling second place American Idol. It's a different playing field. The numbers are very different, but it is number one. Sure. And uh, all you can do is play the opponent that's across the line from you. Decided another football cliche. Here's a shocker. This one's for you, Jack. And I think you need to listen generously with an open heart and not snap at this person like you're so frequently, you know, want to do. Guys, longtime listener, typically agree with almost all your opinions. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I know they are opinions created sometimes by first impressions. I know all about Dr. Oz's visit with you, and I'd probably walk away with the same impression. But after listening to him as he's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania, I think he's quite grounded in reality as opposed to most politicians. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I've been listening to Dr. Drew for many years. I think he's on to some brilliant thoughts about drugs and the homeless. Do- Drew, coupled with Adam Carolla, makes for good entertainment. Uh, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, so why did you throw in Dr. Drew? So now we're just discussing doctors as politicians or pundits or what is that? Dr. Oz has been pushing quackery his whole adult life. Now, yeah, he sells people crap that's no good. Could he, and, and lies about it, could he have political philosophies that I agree with? No, absolutely. I'm sure he could. But behind that is a guy who's willing to push quackery to sick people. And right. so I'm a little concerned about his ethics. Yeah, it's tough. This is the problem with having a two-party system. So Dr. Oz, who espouses views similar to mine, but is a known crook and a quack, is running against somebody who's in the AOC wing of the Democratic Party. What's a person to do? Right. Uh, Let's see. A couple of things. Number one, David points out that the uh, Abbott-Binax home test is twice as accurate as the old ones. It does get false negatives about 10% of the time when you're asymptomatic. But it's only 5% when you're symptomatic, so they are improving. Okay. So is this, <laughs> I don't know anybody who knows the brands of the home tests. Uh, this may very well be true, but like, can you choose at the store? Well, you can't find any of them, let alone the one you say works. But um, Hashtag bare shelves Biden. Maybe the one they passed out at school is more accurate. I don't know. I'll have to see the brand. I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't know they varied by brand. 
And we don't have the time to get into the details here, but a number of folks from the bluest blue parts of the country have related to us and sent along links to the new shutdown, lockdown policies, which are Australian style. Really? I mean, draconian, just crazy, including the authority of the health minister or the, uh, you know, the, the county health director or the state health director to indefinitely and uh, involuntarily confine people to their homes. Yeah, there's one county in Cal- California that announced uh, no gatherings over 50 people. Okay, your COVID is not particularly any different than any of the other counties around, but no. your local health person decided no gatherings. The other county next door says, ah, go ahead and gather. So uh, more details on that to come, but Anonymous writes, at the end of my shift uh, at work today, I got a call from our COVID police, informed I'd been exposed to a COVID-positive person. Without telling me who it was, it's HIPAA laws, uh, I was asked if I was contact with in contact with this sort of person. I should have said no, but I kind of heard through the grapevine she was out sick, so I said yes. Uh, briefly outdoors. I was told I'd have to quarantine starting immediately and come in Monday for a test, and if I was negative, I could come back Wednesday. I said no. Absolutely ridiculous for a person to have been around me outside for a short time. My department is struggling as it is with personnel being out, so I flat said no. Let's be reasonable. I was called back and told, well, monitor for symptoms and do a rapid test at the office prior to your shift, okay? But go ahead and work. God, the rapid test is just a cover in your legal ass because they're they're so inaccurate. that, that That's no an indication that you're okay. So if somebody tells you to do something that's stupid, tell them no. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Comedian Jeff Ross and John Mayer went to LAX yesterday to pick up Bob Saget's car and made an Instagram video out of it that is supposedly very touching, and maybe we'll play a little bit of that later. I'm sorry, John Mayer and who? Comedian Jeff Ross. Really? They know each other. (laughs) Okay. They all hang out together, yeah. A lot to unpack. Yeah, John Mayer, the guitar player, is in with all those comedians for some reason. Hangs with Dave Chappelle and Bob Saget and Jeff Ross and all these people, and they do YouTube videos. Anyway, they went and picked up Bob Saget's car at the airport, who's their good friend, and and did an emotional YouTube video, which is just interesting all the way around in so many different ways. Coming up, people who have nothing else to talk about, apparently talking about Hillary running for president again. Stay with us. So a lot of people are changing course on the COVID. I think there's a couple of different things going on one politically there are a number of stories last week that advisors will were telling joe biden that they need to uh, shift their messaging on covid and this and that i think that's a partially just political because people are so over it people are so over the damn thing then you've got the reality of the disease when you talk about covid now you're talking about omicron it's different it spreads differently. It spreads so fast that a lot of the old rules just don't make any sense anymore. I got letters from both my kids' schools yesterday with different approaches, but um, uh, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to give myself any trouble. But um, uh, they're just having a you know we're, we're not going to call everybody whose kid just test positive for COVID that your kid came. We just can't anymore. There's just too many of them. Right. I mean, just it's just the reality of the the way we're getting overwhelmed by this wave of Omicron just can't follow the same rules. And and a lot of if your kid's coughing, yeah, yeah, probably ought to stay home. But if you're vaccinated, yeah, maybe keep an eye on them. You know, just not quite as black and white as it was before. Or the schools are going to be empty. You'll have no teachers and no kids. 
They ought to just send a letter home. Dear parents, you're going to get it. Signed the school. Right. Well, that's that's the reality. That was the letter from Dr. Fauci, and I agree with him on this. This is what I've been. We're all going to get Omicron. We just are. You might not ever know it because you'll be asymptomatic, but it's just it's going to hit everybody. So just get used to it. Anywho, that might be part of the reason that the media is changing its tune. Um, This is Howard Kurtz from Fox News. Used to be the Washington Post media critic on how the media is adjusting. It's a sea change in pandemic politics. Captured by the left-leaning Atlantic magazine, some 2022 Democrats are sounding like 2020 Republicans. Some media liberals now say that even with new COVID cases averaging three-quarters of a million each day, the country must move away from lockdowns and restrictions. You have a lot of, of anchors and uh, pundits who are they are basically conceding a little bit to conservative media or to critical media or independent media about the way that that people were demanding shifts in the way that these uh, numbers were covered. Yeah, or yeah. So is it political or just dealing with reality? How about a little more and we can discuss? It's his own Democratic constituencies, teachers unions, local governments, ultra-leftist Trump haters who refuse to let go of the culture war over the virus now holding the country hostage. National Review writer Charles Cook. The media should reflect long and hard on uh, the irresponsible and uncalled for way in which they used COVID to get at people they dislike. Uh, Charles Cook is currently my favorite pundit, by the way. He's my favorite pundit in America. It bothers me that he's only 37. He's been on the national scene since he was like 25. But anyway, different topic. Uh, The AP recently told reporters and editors, that's the Associated Press, to avoid emphasizing case count in stories anymore. Ah. No more stories focused solely on a particular county or state setting one-day records for numbers of cases. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Like I said, I think one, people's eyes are glazing over and you're not doing any good. Two, all the experts say you can't count cases at this point. It doesn't make any sense. No, for multiple reasons. And and the reasons kind of multiply each other. And, and it ends up being just bizarre and inexplicable that you would mention case counts. Number one, a tiny fraction of the cases that exist are recognized and reported officially. A tiny fraction. I mean, a tiny fraction of us test ourselves, and then most of those tests are at-home tests, and those are never reported to the government. So the, the, the data gathering is hilariously inadequate. Secondly, between the young healthies who are utterly not at risk from, from Omicron to the vaccinated who are really not at risk at Omicron, it doesn't matter anyway. So, I mean, the idea that you're reporting that story is just, I don't know, it's habit or it's clickbait or something, but there's no use for that number. It is useless. It's garbage. Well, and always got to point out that half of them in L.A. and or two-thirds of them in L.A. and half of them in New York is probably the same way around the country are just, they tested you once you got to the hospital. So, Oh, well, we're talking hospitalization. Yeah. Well, well our yeah. cases, they, you know, number of cases. Um, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known you had the case because you didn't you weren't going to test yourself because you don't have any symptoms apparently right yeah that's uh, well I, this is all good news though right I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty uh, unhappy about what the next week and a half two weeks is going to be like where I live is I think Omicron has just come to town and it might be that way for you too I don't think it's going to be very enjoyable 
It's going to be rocky, but I think it's good news that there's been such a change in the media and the way that they're going to handle it. And and politicians. I think yeah, that's I, all good. I think so. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely And the schools good. and everything else. But the next couple of weeks are going to be rough. Yeah, the uh, coming correct by the media is hilariously late, which is a little bit frustrating. What's interesting to me is in the bluest parts of the country, including Cal Unicornia, uh, and and significantly Washington State and Oregon. We have listeners all over the place. They've been reporting what's going on in their uh, local precincts. Uh, they are absolutely every bit as as lockdown, crackdown, Australian style. We're gonna we're gonna defeat the virus as they ever were. It's utterly unrealistic. Now, uh, granted, I I name checked some Western states there in large large swaths of those states really outside the big cities, the bluest of the blue areas, people are just laughing at those restrictions and lockdowns. They're ignoring them completely. I wonder, does like Gavin Mussolini, does he have any idea that most of the state is just laughing? Although he's laughing all the way to the bank with his cronies. They just announced in the California budget another $2.7 billion in COVID-19 emergency response. Almost $3 billion. Including a uh, 1.4 billion emergency appropriation request, uh, which is all going to be handed out to cronies, various uh, community groups, and activist groups who are going to go into the neighborhoods and eliminate disinformation. I grew up with this in Chicago. It's it's such a great scam. You announce a problem, uh, the black people are downtrodden. To uh, to cite the obvious perennial example, you get some neighborhood activist groups. You hand out millions and millions of dollars to them. And as it turns out, what they actually do is collect that money, get rich. And then every November, every couple of Novembers, they make sure their people turn out at the polls and all vote for your party. That's it. That's all they do. And, you know, California's acting like it's still March 2020. Coronavirus! That's right, Michael. (laughs) The coronavirus industrial complex. The audio artist that is Michelangelo. Coronavirus and then the cash Cha-ching. Um, maybe next segment we can talk a little bit about trying to joke with young people and what's going on there. Um, got some interesting texts about that as that conversation came up. But one more thing on the coronavirus for me. I was thinking about this while I was gathering, and, and you just brought up the question. So does Governor Gavin Newsom or your local health official or governor or Anthony Fauci, do they think we're all listening to them or do they know what they're doing? Um, I, th- I think they think we're listening to them. I think so, too, because I was yeah. thinking about as I was gathered with my family in uh, Wichita and we'd all come in from different areas, most of us, and people flown and stay in hotels. And we went out to eat every single night in packed restaurants where you had to wait 45 minutes in a tiny little room waiting to get in. Um, air, the, the hotel was packed. The pool was packed full of kids and everybody like that. And I was thinking about Anthony Fauci's. Uh, if you if you ha- assure that everyone has been tested before they gather and you uh, socially distance uh, with masks and without masks for uh, if they're not vaccinated, you know, all that stuff. Nobody we will allow 12 people. <laughs> no, nobody was nobody was paying any attention to any of that. Right. I mean, for for like hundreds of millions of people. We're just doing whatever they wanted. Now, and my question is, does he know that? Does Biden know that? Does your governor know that? No. And they, they can't, because otherwise it'd be too embarrassing. You'd be like the teacher standing up from a, in front of a class that's just running around, throwing things, knocking over desks and saying, all right, all right, you need to settle down. And if you don't settle down soon, there will be a price to pay. I mean, you, you can't. It's too embarrassing. 
They live in their bubbles. Supported by the, the mainstream media, which until very, very, very recently was singing from the same hymn book. How does somebody not pull Anthony Fauci aside or whoever, Jen Psaki, and say, hey, I was in Cleveland this weekend and there wasn't a single person wearing a mask and every restaurant was full and I went to a ball game and there were like 80,000 people there. And nobody. So when you say stuff like, you know, make sure everybody's uh, vaccinated or wears a mask before they gather six or more people, what are you talking about? How come nobody tells them that? I represent science. The, so embarrassing to brush up against reality when you're making these various proclamations. Well, you've got, you know, uh, Sonoma County, California, is out with its new uh, hardcore anti-COVID rules, including uh, they ban all large gatherings defined as 50 people indoors or 100 people outdoors, unless you're all socially distanced. I wonder if, like the German police, they'll go out there with a six-foot pole and measure people's distances well, and then, from then each the, other. And then the magic number of 100 outdoors. How did you oh, come yeah. up with that? 99's okay, 101 dangerous. I mean, come on. But you know what? And I don't want to rush through this because, well, I, I'll just give you the short version. Um, there, uh, that includes if everybody's healthy, like vaccinated or whatever, because, of course, you're going to check that at your family barbecue. But those who are at highest risk for severe illness from covid are are limited to just 12 people. You can't have anybody at high risk. And that covers everything from cancer and heart conditions to being overweight. Which is more than it's like two thirds of the population, like three quarters of the population. Oh, be careful! Okay. Be careful with planning your your gathering if you're not going to allow anybody overweight. <laughs> you might you might want to taper back on the the amount of catering you're doing. You're not going to have that many guests. Right, right. But it's even worse because Sonoma County. Their COVID order states you can have large gatherings up to 50 people indoors unless any person is at higher risk for COVID. Then it's a dozen people. According to Biden and company, the federal government and New York State we were reading is uh, rationing care on this basis. Black folks are at high risk. So you can have gatherings up to 50 as long as there are no black folks. No black people allowed. No black people. You black people, only 12. 12 is the max. We can't have 33 black people getting together. Or, for that matter, we can't have 41 white people and one black person. Too dangerous! Too dangerous! Says Sonoma, Moron County, California. And who's following these rules anyway? <laughs> I know. You're a joke, Sonoma County Health oh. Authorities. You are being guffawed at. Enjoy. And you can just picture the kind of people that sat around in a room discussing these things, probably unmasked, and you know, but uh, sat around the room. And I, I think uh, 50, 60 people. No, I think that's too high. 55. No, I think it should be 63. <laughs> Whatever. Why don't we just compromise and say 50 people? Now let's move along to outdoor gatherings with no black people. (laughs) Whatever. Hilarious. How come I can't joke with young people anymore? What is the problem there? We got a number of responses on that, among other things on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We talked about this yesterday, briefly, the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about uh, it's time for Hillary to run. And uh, Joe wants to throw a wet blanket on that to kick off hour two 
of the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you ever miss an hour, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. I realize people need to talk about something, but let's talk about something else. We're going to end it next hour. <laughs> uh, so yesterday I brought this up. I've talked about this before. I feel like I've crossed an age where I can no longer joke with young people. And it's weird to me. I wasn't expecting this coming my whole life. I've always joked with, uh, you know, the, the person that's checking you out at the grocery store or the ticket taker at the movie theater or, or whatever. Just, I don't know. It's just my personality. And I always have. And at some point in the last couple of years, no longer do people like make a joke back or laugh. They just look at me kind of confused <laughs> or scared and say, oh, OK, sir. Um, and that's it. And I, I didn't I didn't know if like there's an age you pass, like once you hit 50, you can't joke with young people or something like that. I, I, I don't know, but it's clearly a, a true. Now, we did get some, you know, maybe you're not funny, but I, I think I'm the same level of as funny as I was when I was 45 and joking with young people. And it seemed to be fine. So it's it's something to do with age. And so I was thinking it was all me. I thought it was pretty interesting that I got some responses yesterday on the text line. because This I find culturally fascinating. Um, young people are different now. I'm 28, and young people don't know how to interact with strangers. We got a couple oh. of those from people who are young who said, young people I'm around, other young people, they don't know how to react to conversations with people. And I thought, you know, that oh. might be. Maybe it's not my age. Maybe the, the, there's a different crop of young people out there social media, isolation, whatever. Oh, it's the staring at the cell phone crowd. They don't interact with their friends, even with their when they're with their friends. We all see it, the crowd of people walking down the street or at the restaurant, all staring at their phones. It's You don't read a pamphlet to figure out how to respond to nonverbal cues or to understand what's sarcasm and what isn't, what's humor and what's not. You learn it over the course of millions of interactions that these kids are not having. Wow. Well, there's certainly, and I've witnessed this myself, uh, uh, an increase in the number of people who are scared to call and order a pizza. I've seen that conversation so many times. Something that was non-existent when I was young. Yeah. It would have never even come up. If one person had said, can somebody else call? I don't want to call. It would have been like, what the freak is wrong with you? Why? Now it's (laughs) the common thing. It's like, oh, who's going to call? I'm not. Dibs, I'm not. Scared. Wow. To, so I suppose if you're scared to call to order a pizza, an interaction with a stranger checking out at the grocery store could be intimidating too. Now we did get some of these, and this might be it. A particular if it's women, Jack, somebody your age, and if we're under thirty, it no matter what you say, it comes off as creepy. Okay, that could be true too, and I just need to recognize it because guys often use humor to perhaps get in the outer defenses of a woman. But when I was forty-five, it was okay. Well, it's getting less and less okay. It's you, you pass the Mendoza line. Sometimes one percent is what leads you from okay to not okay. The dividing right. line has to be somewhere, and you've crossed it. Huh. Merv. Maybe I can look forward to becoming so old someday that I'm not a threat in any way. So he can go back to joking again. Clearly, he's not pervin on me because he's like eighty years old. I think so. <laughs> yeah, at the point that you're harmless. Yeah, exactly. But I, I found that interesting, though, and I, I, I'm not trying to let myself and my age off the hook, but I do know that, and we've heard from other young people, certainly uh, parents that I know who are raising young people, they're different now. They're different now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think part of it might be, you know, every generation has its own 
ways of communicating sarcasm or humor or whatever to each other, and we're probably not hip to them, although I think it's the staring at the phone There's thing. no art. Nobody can dispute this. A 22-year-old today has had much, much less eye-to-eye, face-to-face communication with other human beings than anybody else in history. I don't sure, think you, or you on can, the phone, you as can't, you were discussing. You can't argue with that at all. I've talked about driving, riding my bike across our college campus and everybody walking from building to building staring at their phone together. So they're not looking around. They're not talking to each other. Walking down the street. It's weird. They wow. constantly they, they converse some, but they never look at each other. And what you said was a good point. It's unique in human history. It's oh, never yes, happened before. Never happened before. Now, I suppose the beast will evolve maybe to get better at picking up audio cues because you don't look at people's faces. I don't but know. But you're not talking to each other either. And as a former communications major, I know that over 90% of communication is nonverbal, so all those other cues are pretty damned important to communication. Over 65, Tim writes, just heard your discussion of being old, unable to joke with young people. Truth like this hasn't come from the airwaves since Rush left us. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> truest form of the word. Thank you, Tim. I can't tell if that's sarcasm. Perhaps, you know. Well, you reach an age where you can't joke with somebody under 30? I didn't realize that happened. Particularly young women, though. Particularly women. What kind of bland world am I about to enter into? Or I just have to... They say How about it's... quit hitting on 22 <laughs> Perv. Oh, my God. Let's start there. Uh, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.